Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm uh, Mark McKay. Mark, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, not too well. My uh, my girlfriend, she uh, she broke up with me because I was just playing Sega, and then she just started screaming. But come on, the Whalers going to the Stanley Cup, that only happens once, maybe twice in a lifetime. Well, at least you're doing something. I've been trying to find this goddamn sailboat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we talked about it last week. Last week on the last Boy Meets World episode, during Rave On, Topanga called Frankie a mall rat. And the only reason we're doing this episode is because Frankie was in mall rats. Uh, yes. <laughs> Mark, I can't think of any other b- better reason to do it, though, right? Yeah, I mean, because... When we first started this podcast, we were like, oh, we got to do this movie. We got to do that movie. And then we just organically came up with like, dude, mall rats. How do we forget Frankie was in mall rats? And, and we originally. Both... Oh, I was yeah, going to say, originally we were going to do a monkeys episode instead, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. way, made way more sense to do. But fuck yeah, it. we're like, oh, yeah, we'll do that episode of the monkeys. And then we're like, wait a minute. What about fucking mall rats? Like, yeah. <laughs> We're both huge Kevin Smith fans, so we're just like, why the fuck are we doing Mall Rats? Yeah, so that's right. Mall Rats was written and directed by Kevin Smith. It was produced on View Askew Productions. This movie came out October 20th, 1995. It made $2.1 million at the box office. Which, if a movie makes $2.1 million at the box office nowadays, that's a flop. Yeah, even for like low-budget movies, it's a flop. Um but the great thing about this movie is uh, it was a flop when it came out, but it wasn't until about 10 years later, about 2005. Because mm. I remember seeing this for the first time when I was about 15 on um, Comedy Central. And then I was like, like, it just kind of pushed me into the world of all of Kevin Smith's movies. So I, I just really loved it. And then that was about the time when like a lot more people were buying it on the Criterion Collection DVD. Uh, a lot more people were having like 10th anniversary screenings, 15th anniversary screenings. So uh, it like it developed a following much later than initial release. Yes, yeah, so the initial release, it's a good thing that you bring this up. Rotten Tomatoes gave this 57% with 47 reviews. Mm-hmm. However, the audience score was 82% at 100,000 reviews. of people approve of it on Google and IMDb. It got 7.1 out of 10 with 120,000 votes. Yeah. I like we were talking about it. Like, dude, I fucking love this movie. And I didn't realize how much this movie really impacted me up until like, I recently just watched the, uh, the movie to record this episode. And I do recall, uh, I remember right before I went to film school, uh, Superbad had just come out. Right. And the summer leading into film school, um, my buddy had just got the Clerks 2 uh, DVD. And I remember we watched Clerks 2, and then we watched Clerks, Mallrats, Dogma, like all of like Kevin Smith's movies up until that time. 
And I remember going to film school and a lot of the kids were like really snobby. They're like, oh, you don't like Jean-Luc Godard movies. And I was kind of the outsider because I was like, no, I, I like Kevin Smith. I like, you know, Steven Spielberg. I like all these like kind of um, Hollywood, you know, quote unquote Hollywood guys. And everybody was just saying like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do this. I was like, guys, Superbad and Mallrats are like two movies that talk just like how my friends and I talk. I want to make a movie like that, which led me to make Suburban Legends. And I'm the only one in my class that actually went on to make a movie, whereas all those other smarty, arty snobs did not. So fuck you guys. I love Kevin Smith. So thank you, Kevin Smith and uh, Mallrats for being a huge inspiration. I love Kevin Smith myself. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but Kevin Smith is the number one reason why I started doing stand-up comedy. Really? Um, yeah, he, he is. I, I'll tell you a little bit more about it later here. But I uh, my first introduction to any Kevin Smith movie was Clerks 2. And I was at a I was at a graduation party It was because it came out in 2006. I just graduated. And my buddy Steve and Randy texted me. They're like, hey, we're going to go see Clerks 2. You want to? And I'm like, oh, I'm at a graduation party tonight. And then the next day I text them. I was like, hey, how was the movie? They're like, we're going back today. Um, <laughs> so I was like. Well, the movie must be really funny if they're going back two days in a row. So I went with my buddy Steve and Randy and and checked out the movie, and it was absolutely hilarious. So I went back and watched it again in the theater for a second time. Mm-hmm. And I was telling somebody about it. I'm like, yeah, they made a Clerks too. I didn't even know there was a Clerks. Now, I knew about Jay and Silent Bob, but I had never seen any of the other movies that they were in. And I was working at uh, a factory at the time uh, during the summer, and the guy was telling me, it was like, oh, yeah, you would absolutely love, um, you know, the first Clerks if you liked Clerks too." And uh, he uh, he brought in a DVD of Clerks for me, and I watched it. And I'm like, oh, this was actually pretty good. Like, I didn't care for the black and white, but I understood, you know, what yeah. it was. And he was like, oh, if you like this, you're going to like Mallrats. So he brought in his VHS of Mallrats for mm-hmm. me. Um and from there, I just started watching all the movies. I watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I watched uh, Chasing Amy, um, you know, Dogma. That was a fun one to to get, which you can find on YouTube for free, by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, the reason um, why that is because nobody owns the it's a, in, it's like one of those weird movies where nobody knows who owns the distribution rights to it. So like a DVD for Dogma is like 80 to 100 dollars. So if you yeah. have a DVD of Dogma, definitely hold on to it because they are fucking rare. And just really quick, before we go too much further in the episode, I just want to give proper credit where credit's due. Uh, Shannon Doherty played Renee. Uh, Jeremy London played T.S. Quint. Uh, Jason Lee played Brody. And that was the reason why Brody Lee became a character. That's where he got the name from was from Brody. Um, fun fact for you wrestling fans out there. Uh, Claire for... I am, I'm going to butcher her name. Claire Forlani played Brandy. Uh, ben Affleck played Shannon. Have you ever heard of Ben Affleck before? Uh, he was in the he was the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> he was the bomb in Phantoms. He was the bomb as Batman, too. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Joey Lauren Adams played Gwen. Uh, Renee Humphrey played Trisha. Jason Mewes played Jay. Kevin Smith played Silent Bob. Ethan Suppley played William, and Stan Lee played Stan Lee. And, of course, Michael Roker uh, played uh, uh, played Brandy's father there, too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to be miss- – I'm missing a couple people out there who had a little bit uh, 
more prestigious roles than I'm just uh, saying here, but absolutely, yeah. those were the, the main characters for the movie. Yeah. So what would you say is your top five favorite Kevin Smith movies? So number five would be Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Okay. Uh, number number four would be Dogma. Number three would be Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Number two would be Clerks 2. And this doesn't technically count as a movie, but it is the reason I got into stand-up comedy. Number one is An Evening with Kevin Smith. What about yes. you? Uh, that's a great list. Uh, I remember Evening with Kevin Smith. I, I bought that on DVD. Uh, I still have it. Or, uh, that's the one where he has, like, it's like the Die Hard the Die Hard one might be the second one. I think that was the second one, yeah. Yeah, okay. Or the third um, one. One of those. Yeah, one of them. Um, yeah, I remember when <laughs> Jane Silent Bob reboot came out. Uh, I took my wife to go see it because my buddy Mitch and I were supposed to go see it, but he had to work. So I already had this second ticket, so I dragged uh, my wife Jen to go see it. She was like, I don't want to fucking see a Kevin Smith movie. You already took me to Tusk a couple years ago. I didn't like that. <laughs> uh, so um, I took her to go see it. And it was like the special engagement where they played Jane Silent Bob, Strike Back, and then they played Reboot right after. Right. <laughs> and she was the only girl in the entire audience. It was just a bunch of dudes by themselves. <laughs> it was a pretty sizable crowd. It was just all dudes. Um, but my top five. At number five, I would say Dogma. Um I really love that movie. Um, it was one of my first introductions to Kevin Smith. I remember when it came out, uh, my brother and I rented it. I was nine. He had to been like 13. Uh, so pretty uh, not good for a nine-year-old, but uh, I, I enjoyed <laughs> much more later on. Uh, number four, re-watching Mallrats. I have to put Mallrats at number four. I forgot how much I love this movie is like i said is a huge inspiration to me number three i want to say chasing amy uh this is one i didn't watch until college and uh just because i was like oh dude it's a romantic comedy i don't want to watch it but uh i actually really love chasing amy um i love chasing amy yeah it's it's such a good movie number two i say clerks two uh i had a similar experience with you but i saw like but on DVD uh, where my buddy just loved the movie so much. He just forced me to watch it. And number one uh, clerks because clerks was the movie that kind of like, okay, I can do this. I can become a filmmaker. So clerks is a very uh, inspirational movie to me. Well, what kind of man are you anyway? I'm talking comics and you're bringing up chicks and romance. <laughs> This movie does have a lot of really good lines in here. Yeah. My favorite, I got to say, is my favorite is when Stan Lee is talking to Brody at the end. And he tells him that all the, wom all the women, even all the comic books in the world, can't substitute for that one woman. And then Brody goes, I don't know, man. All the comic books in the world? Uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was a really nice touching moment for for Stan Lee um, and for the, the definitely the maturing moment for Brody there as well. Yeah. And then he's like, is it was it all worth it? And then Stan Lee looks back at him. He goes, I'd give it all up. Just to have one more day with her. And yeah. it's just like, fuck, like you, you're just heart just wrenches from that. And like this was like one of like Stan Lee's like first 
couple of cameos. Like he was in like the Incredible Hulk and stuff here and there. But this is like the first one where he actually like had a speaking role. It was like a character, you know, as Stan Lee. In a, in a non-documentary role. Yes. I believe this was this was his first live action portrayal of himself. There was mm-hmm. one other portrayal of himself that was a non-documentary role in the Muppet Babies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, this was like one of the first ones. So technically, uh, you saw Captain Marvel, correct? I did, yes. Yes, there's that scene where Stan Lee's cameo in Captain Marvel is where he's reading the uh, the script the for Mall Rats. Mall Rats. Script. So technically, Kevin Smith is in the MCU. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that was one of my favorite things uh, someone pointed out to me was it was like Kevin Smith exists in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And he exists as Kevin Smith playing Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, this also, this movie too, um, so the movie came out in 2005, I graduated high school in 2006, so between like the summer of 2004 and the summer of 2005, I spent a ton of time at the mall, just being Mm -hmm. a teenage kid, Uh, you know, with my buddy Steve, my buddy Randy, you know, my friend Justin, Um, spent a little bit of time at the mall too, Um, you know, I would say in probably 2007-ish as well, 2006. What about you? Were you a mall rat? Oh, definitely. Uh, from yeah, I would say two thousand five to <laughs> today, I would still go to the mall. Like I would always, it was like just the thing to do because like you had really nothing you can go. Uh, I wasn't really that good at skateboarding, so like we would, like my girlfriend Jen, now wife, uh, my buddy Chris, my brother, like all of us would we would just go to the mall and just hang out and. Uh, eat overpriced pretzels and the designated steel um, wallets. Yeah. Steel wallets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remembered. I was keeping that one yeah. in my back pocket <laughs> where your wallet used to be. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> now I moved out to, um, I moved out to East Lake Ohio. And, uh, so I'm, I'm not too far from the Menor mall. Every once in a while, it seems like they're doing things out here where it's like some kind of fashion show or something in the mall. Yeah. Do you ever remember malls doing that? Strongsville Mall used to do that. Uh, so in the Cleveland area, it's probably about like Yeah, you're right. Away. I guess they did. Uh, they would always do more like pageants, shows, concerts, and stuff like that. Um, but some of the other malls, because when I was a teenager, we had the Parmatown Mall, which is now closed. Um but they were just pretty much dead. I do remember they had uh, the kid from Zoe 101 show up one time and nobody was in line to meet him. Uh, <laughs> and then at Great Northern Mall, which is another mall here, it's pretty big. Uh, but they they would never really have events. I mean, they would have Easter Bunny and Santa and stuff, but nobody ever punched the Easter Bunny like Jay Muse did. Um, but yeah, it was always Strong Souls, the one that had like the events. So if uh, the events of mall rats would have happened anywhere in Cleveland, it probably would have happened at Strongsville mall. But it's not even like it was a mall of America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just a random mall. Like they couldn't find like some high school auditorium to try to film that dating TV show there. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming is because uh, universal put up the money for it. So they probably were just like, 
fuck it. Universal's giving us five million dollars. Let's uh let's ball out. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't think the acoustics of a mall would be the greatest place to to have a t- to to try to film a TV show like that. I mean, yeah. then again, they film wrestling at Mall of America, but then again, Mall of America is also the Mall of America. Yeah. I feel very patriotic when I go. Now, Miss Fields Cookies, is that part of the food court? Mark's opinion, yes or no? No. Uh, so it is not part of the food court. And I, I, I always say and buy this statement because it's a mid-mall snack. Much like if you yes. go to like any other mall and there's like an Auntie Annie's and those like pretzels, amazing pretzels, by the way. Those are mid-mall snacking because you're not like, oh, let's sit down and have something to eat and eat a pretzel or eat a cookie. No, you just go like, oh, that cookie smells nice. Let me go grab it. And then you go on to Spencer's or, you know, Petland or something. Now, have you ever seen anybody as good looking as Ben Affleck working at the mall? Yes. Okay. Um, Explain. <laughs> um, I, it was always like, I always felt like the best looking people always worked at the mall, which explains why I never got to work at the mall. Uh, <laughs> I applied and I can never get a job there, but it was always just like, dude, working in the mall is like such a cool job. And I wanted to do that for so long, and I could never get it. But I always like envied the people who worked there. So I applied for many. Uh, I applied for many different stores at the mall between the ages of seventeen and twenty years old. Yeah. And I eventually got one. I got offered a couple of them eventually, but I did. Uh, I I got. I took one at Strongsville Mall at a store called the Painted Penguin, which is a craft store for kids where they would paint ceramic stuff and then yeah. take it home i mean it was it's actually a pretty cool neat place uh but i i would like walk through the mall and like i would never see like the supermodels or anything and that was at strongsville mall too where they have the money to be good looking yeah that was like the, that was the, the best mall like if you're gonna go to a mall you'd go to strongsville so uh let's talk about the theme song to, to mall rats yes uh so I don't know if you do this thing, but I definitely do this thing where I, I give I assign theme songs to my dogs, like uh, okay, like "Walk" by Bad Religion is uh, my dog Emilio's theme song, <laughs> and uh, the Mallrats theme song is actually the theme song for my dog Loki. So if they're all like, <laughs> if they were to be professional wrestlers. Loki's theme song is the do 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 like I I just I really like that yeah it's such a fun theme so I just that was such a good song that's just playing in his head as he's like walk like walking into the room now as I mentioned before this movie came out in 1995 the the things that Ethan Suppley's character was staring at in the mall like those. I don't even know what they're technically called. Those pictures where you see the picture hidden within. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyone who's seen the movie knows what we're talking about. Yeah. That that was I remember like a huge that thing time. in the 90s. It was it was massive. I remember the Plain Dealer used to have that in almost every single issue at that time. Yeah. It definitely remember, happened every Sunday. Yeah. I remember Spencer's had um, like those posters you can buy for like $5. They had those. Um, 
Yeah, I remember. They don't just have them in the mall, like just out in the open, because I do remember that. I do remember going to the mall yeah. with my parents at that time and seeing I, those. I remember those extra large pogs would have like that image on it and shit. Yeah. So th- that was definitely a staple of the 90s. And uh, yeah, I <laughs> I had to like relax my eyes, but it, it was definitely always hard, like really hard for me to see whatever picture it was what about you did you ever were able to see the picture i think once once i was able to finally see the first picture i realized what my eyes needed to do and i've been able to see all of them since you know what i mean yeah Um, i've been i i haven't been staring at the thing in the mall and then being like you know just waiting for some kid to come by and look like oh i see a sooner and he'd be like you dumb bastard uh Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was always hard for me to see them, but uh, it was until somebody goes, oh, this is uh, a sailboat. I'll go, oh, yeah, now I can see it. Uh, so I always needed somebody to point out to me. Uh, so one of my favorite characters in this movie is Michael Rooker. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, up until this point, he wasn't in too many things. Like he was in uh, – he was in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I know that was like his big role. Uh, and then just like, like a few other things. But I do when uh, in 2010, when The Walking Dead premiered uh, around that time, I was rewatching Mallrats and uh, a coworker of mine. She goes, you know, we were watching Mallrats. She goes, is that fucking Merle? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and here's an interesting fact about Michael Rooker. The same hand that he gets stink palmed is the same hand he cuts off in The Walking Dead. Oh, that's so funny. And it, I mean, if I had a stink palmed hand. Dead. I was going to say it would be great in The Walking Dead if uh, after they did it, like they found the hand later and somebody was like, "Ugh, what's that smell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like still after 15 years later, his hand stinks. You can never get rid of that smell. So did you ever see the extended version of Mallrats? So I I just wrote I just had that written down right before we got started here. Apparently there's an extended edition. No, yes. I have never seen that. I've seen it. It's on the DVD. Um so there is the I guess it's something where the extended version was like a TV version or something like that. Um hmm. I do know the opening is much more different. What's the opening you remember? Of mall rats. Um, the opening I remember is uh, um, T.S. in his car going to pick up his girlfriend. Yes. Okay. So uh, the extended one um, is the one where it's like at like a gala or something. And they're like on the roof. So it's like a completely different opening. And there's like a lot of... Uh, Weird stuff. I, I think it was maybe like an extra half hour of stuff. But there's a yeah, different it's... opening. Yeah, he's like um so Michael Rooker is holding like a like a gala event for the mayor or something or like the governor. Um so yeah, there's like a bunch of other stuff. Uh there's like a assassination to the governor in one huh. scene. Yeah, it's dude, it's crazy. Uh it's I I think it's just for the DVD. Um, but yeah, they allude to definitely like the governor or mayor, like this gala event or something. It's it's a completely whole different 
movie. There's a different subplot um, where Brody's trying to get like a television. There is a bunch of scenes with the chick with the three tits or the three <laughs> nipples. Yeah. Um, there's like a more stuff to the arrest scene. So yeah, there's just like a whole bunch of stuff and there's like a, where are they now at the end? Yeah. It's a completely different movie. So if you get a chance well, they, and you're, you love this movie, check it out. But yeah, it's a completely different movie. I was going to say at the end of the movie, they do have like one of those, like, where are they now? Because they do say that, um, that, uh, Ethan Suffley's character finally does get to see the, the sailboat. Um, he goes, Oh, there it is. Uh, um, and, and, but yeah, I, I, I thought I had the Mallrats DVD. I could have swore that I had it, but I do not. Um, so that is going to be something I'll be on the lookout for. Uh, but, you know, when I go to the trade again movies and, uh, you know, half price books, which, yeah. by the way, has an excellent DVD selection. And literally every yeah. half price books has a great DVD selection and a good yeah. comic book section, by the way. Yeah, I believe I got Mallrats uh, probably like 2000. Eight and I got it for like eight dollars or something like that at the exchange. So yeah, you can pick it up anywhere. I'm sure it's like five dollars now anywhere. Oh, I'm sure it is. No, it's just something fun I want to point out about this movie is that during this time, Jason Muse really had not become an actor. And, mm-hmm. and I hate to say it like that, like he's he's acted in movies, but at this time, he, he was still Kevin Smith's friend that he was putting in movies. Um, and Kevin kind of prepped the rest of the cast. He was like, this might be the longest night. This is when we're doing all of Jason's lines. So we might have to shoot a line, cut, shoot a line, cut, that yeah. type of deal. And he, this was one of the, the, the first movies that he, he really had to, to, um, to go with it on. And, and it sounds like Jason Muse knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I guess they did like a month of rehearsals leading up to it because Universal Studios, they were just like, no, he's your friend. We Let's get a real actor to play Jay. So yeah. I guess they wanted uh, – Seth Green was in like the lead to play Jay. And then he – I guess they had Mark Paul Gossler and Brecken wow. Meyer. So I, wow. I, I want to see those auditions of uh, you know Mark Paul Gossler – doing jay muse <laughs> well you know what's great there's actually um i don't think we've ever actually talked about it on the show there is a lost episode of boy meets world the original pilot they shot where uh they didn't use will Friedle as eric mm-hmm. there was there was a totally different eric and i believe a totally different dad as well um so disney please Released the lost episode. <laughs> Is that on a DVD or anything? No, I I just um I came across an interview with them a couple weeks ago. Uh, we haven't recorded anything since then, but they're like, yeah, they they shot a pilot, but it didn't come out that good. They had some other kid playing Eric, and they had someone else playing the dad, um, and just the chemistry wasn't there. And I'm like, please release that. We need to see it. If yeah. Power Rangers was able to release their lost episode of the first pilot that was awful dog shit, Boy Meets World should be able to do the same. Yeah. I just want to see it for curiosity's sake. Uh, is it like a completely different script? Or that I'm same? not sure, to be honest. Huh. Yeah, I'd be curious to see it. But uh, you mentioned Jason Mewes earlier. So 
um, I was at Horror Hound uh, back in September, and I met him. You know, huge Clerks fan, so I met you know uh, some of the Clerks guys, Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, sure, and uh, Muse was there. So uh, I ran into you know just walked up to him, you know, at his booth, and then uh, I was told I told him about the time last time I met him, and I met him at um, in Cleveland. It was uh, Wizard World. He was there, and I was dressed as a big dinosaur. So nobody was at his booth. So I just come running up to him and attacked him as the dinosaur. And he's just like, oh, dude, let me put my balls in your mouth. So then he just grabs the head <laughs> and then lowers it to his balls. I do have a picture. I'll post that. Um, so, I, you know, at Horror Hound, I ran into him. So I was just like, hey, man, you know, this is the last time I met you. You're, you know, such a cool guy. And like, you know, I just got him to sign my poster and, you know, took a picture with him. And that was on a Friday, and then flash forward to Sunday, Sunday morning. Uh, a lot of people are hungover. A lot of people are tired. Uh, so I'm at a Starbucks, and I'm sitting at the bar of the Starbucks drinking my coffee. And then just like Stanley uh, walks up to Brody in Mallrats, here comes Jason Muse, and he sits right next to me. So I look over. I was like, what's up, Muse? Gave him a fist bump and he goes like, hey, man, how are you? And then, you know, we just kind of like sat there quiet for like a good 30 seconds. And then uh, I turned to him and I'm like, hey, man, I forgot to say the other day, uh, congratulations on over 10 years of sobriety. Because he's been like, as if you know, Jason Muse, you know, he's been battling uh, drug addiction for years. So he finally kicked it back in 2010, 2011, something like that. Uh, so I just said, you know, congratulations on over 10 years of sobriety. So he was just like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And then as like we sat there, like we just like talked about life. Like we weren't talking about like, oh, man, how you were like, hey, ever get your asshole lift by a fat man in overcoat. Like <laughs> I didn't like mark out about stuff like that. I was just like, yeah, man, you know, um, I, I just, you know, see a lot of strength in what you're doing and, you know all power to you for keeping it up and keeping going and staying motivated. It motivates me to do that stuff too. He starts talking about his wife, his kid and dude, we just like bonded about life. And it was such a cool moment to have like this guy I watched for so many years and like, didn't talk about like movies and talk about like what we were like interested in. We just talked about life. So then, you know, gave him a fist bump, walked away and then uh, he comes up to me later. He goes, hey, I think you left your card at the, you know, up front. And I was like, oh, shit. He goes, yeah, you bought me an espresso. Thanks. <laughs> I was like, the fucking muse just commit identity <laughs> theft to me. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he, he bought himself an espresso with my card. But uh, he he signed my poster. So he was he was real cool about it. That's a twenty dollar autograph for a three dollar espresso, man. You you yeah. won on that deal. Uh, yeah, I met him at uh, at uh, I met Jason Muse at Wizard World Cleveland back in twenty sixteen. I want to say it was. Yeah, that was uh, the where I, he put his balls in my mouth. Yes, because uh, <laughs> what, what, right what, right after you did that, I was like, "Hey, can I put my balls in your mouth?" He's like, "One at a time, sir." Um, <laughs> 
No, but it was actually really cool. He was the most affordable person there. Yeah. Um, and he had one of the biggest lines uh, out of anyone. And he took your phone and took like 30 selfies with it. Yeah, that's what like, he did. With he made sure. Yeah. Yeah. He made sure every person who came up to him uh, got what they wanted. Um, yeah. So kudos to that. Absolutely great. Uh, Jason Muse, you're an awesome dude. Um, with that, I, I think that's a pretty good place to, to wrap up this episode. What do you say, Mark? I have to ask you one more question before we wrap up the Mallrat episode. Sure. What you got? Dan, do you see the sailboat? God damn it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you guys out there all see the sailboat. Next week, we're going to be back to our originally scheduled programming. We're talking about season nine. We're talking season three, episode nine of Boy Meets World, The Last Temptation of Corey. I know Mark's going to have some strong opinions on that one. I am too. But that's for next week. This week, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Mark and Dad Meets World. Please follow us on Instagram at Mark and Dad Meets World. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mark and Dad Meets World, or whatever the goddamn Mark Zuckerberg turns it into. And just my own shameless little plug here out there. My Drive Bar Comedy special is now available. You can go to drivebarcomedy.com, set up an account, use promo code Dan Brown, one word, Dan Brown, to watch my brand new special, Not Shopping Here Today. But that's going to be it for this week. For Mark, I'm Dan. Have a good night. Snoochie booches. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan.